0: I want to speak on, I want to remind us that we're going to die soon. And nobody run for the door, I'm not. (laughs) But I want you to turn to Ecclesiastes 3. I want to speak on viewing death biblically and facing it more, being more ready Ecclesiastes 3. Now, about every six months I'll try to broach this subject with my six children and it hadn't worked yet because they cut me off. I'll try to talk to them about their mother and I. Now, you know, y'all got to get ready and they'll cut me off. So, I hadn't been successful yet in getting them to face our mortality, but almost without exception, the first waking thought I have every morning, and it's not morbid, it helps me, is I have one less day. And the clock is ticking. The calendar is still works. I have one less day than I had yesterday. Yeah. And it's sobering. And Charles and I yesterday made a comment. You know, I confess at times I... I dread it, because I don't want to be a burden to anyone, And but it is what it is, isn't it? So, viewing death biblically, and my goal today when you leave here is that you will regularly think more about death, read more about it, meditate on it, and face it. Because it doesn't have to be morbid. What is morbid is when you don't and you avoid it, you're in denial, you won't talk about it, think about it, and then those you love closest suddenly die and you can't handle it. That's morbidity. So Ecclesiastes chapter 3, we'll read from two portions. Verses 1 and 2, Ecclesiastes 3. For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. A time to be born and a time to die. So there's a season for dying. And for all of us, it's coming. Even you young people, you children, you don't think about this, but um, for some of us, it may be the next year or five years, but maybe a little while. But for all of us, if the Scriptures are accurate that life is a vapor, then it's soon for all of us, right? Ecclesiastes 7, verses 1 through 4. A good name is better than precious ointment, and the day of death is better than the day of birth. Now, none of us really believe that. Is the day you're going to die better than your birthday? Who's going to bring a cake with candles on it to your funeral? None of us say that. Man, it's a better day that Conrad Merle died. It's better. But God says it is. So we need to get our minds renewed more. The day of death is better than the day of birth. It's better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. Better to go to a funeral service than a birthday party. For by sadness of face the heart is made glad. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by sadness of face the heart is made glad. The heart of the wise is in the house of mourning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is appointed unto men once to die. and the bible wants to help us die well you remember when um i think it was john wesley was on the ship with the moravians and he was scared in the storm and he saw the moravians had peace and they weren't afraid to die and it planted a seed in him and then at the end of his life one of the last things he said is about those method the methodists Our people die well. Well, I wonder if you and I will die well. The day's coming. It's coming, brethren. When your time comes, uh, and every morning we wake up, it's a day closer on our personal calendar to that day of the one-way flight from which there's no return. Ian Murray said, it's the oldest strategy of Satan to disfigure the truth by misrepresentation. It's the oldest strategy of Satan to to disfigure the truth by misrepresentation. And that certainly applies to death. It it misrepresents itself to us like I'm a long way off, don't worry about me. You're okay. Well, death has been real to me, at least consciously, since I was eight years old. My mother died when I was two, and my father when I was eight. And it was then that it began to be real to me. My adoptive father, grandfather, died in my presence when I was 12. And my other closest male figure, an uncle, died in a car wreck going home from our house at Christmas time when I was 19. Our first daughter, after she was born, on the due date, died suddenly. Then my adoptive mother, a cousin, dies in our home. And a very wonderful father-in-law and mother-in-law that I had died more recently. And in recent years, seven close friends, one of them in the last two months. And it's been quite amazing in our church in the last year to year and a half, We've had ten deaths close to people in our church. Philip and Krista Neely lost their mothers on back-to-back days and her father three months later. And then other fathers and people dear and close to the church. So it's had a real and lasting impact. The reality of death soaking in into our consciousness. I do think about it all the time, you know, and I think about there's going to be so many funerals I want to go to, I'm going to have to mortgage our house just to fund the the funeral trips. I mean, I'm not trying to be light about it, but I think about so many in our lives are going to be passing soon. The Kellys are facing this, right? They're not here today because of their trip to honor those they want to honor in their life. And so my experience is not unique. You know it. Some of you recently. But think about this. This issue, we will face more and more and more in our lives regularly because the enemy of death is always coming afresh to our lives and affecting us. And it behooves us to give more intentional thought and concentration, and meditation, and study, and preparation to face well the death of those we love and to help ourselves to be able to die well. So, our problem is we tend to neglect it, we avoid it, we deflect it, we disregard it. We, we don't like getting near thinking about the subject Until it slaps us in our face when someone dies we care about. Suddenly they're gone. You get a call and it jolts you. You can't believe it. Um, Even those you respect you've never known. Linda told me this week, did you hear Barbara Bush died? And I had respect for that family at certain levels. And emotionally, I had a moment. Wow. She was... She was a refined, honorable woman. So we must face and study and learn and deal with this and even become intimate with the subject to learn to grieve well and mourn well and to learn to live well in relation to death. Because it's been said, any person who does not prepare for death is worse than a fool. I don't want to be foolish. And we don't give enough time to this reality simply because it's not as real to us as it should be. (coughs) Out of sight, out of mind. Out of mind, out of sight as well. Someone also said, there is no one so old but they think they will live years longer. Don't we do that? Mm -hmm. And in the false numbering of our days, we think and act like, We'll live forever. We got forty. You got forty, right? I I don't think I have forty. But you know, run the numbers. I don't know. I don't even know what to say. Do I have five? Do I have ten? What do you think about you? What you got? How do you number your days? Bible tells us to number them, that we may what? Apply our hearts to wisdom, John. Right our hearts to wisdom. So let's consider a few things. First of all, the meaning of death. And I'm talking about physical death. The physical man only. What is death? It's the physical body stopping. That's what it is. It ceases and the heart stops. There's no physical life in it. And the real person still lives on and is conscious in eternity. Right? Believer and unbeliever. The soul has left the body and it is alive, alive in eternity. The eternal person is gone and their earthly corp, corpse begins to decay here and will be buried. And it's not them anymore. You've heard people say at a wake, we don't call it that in Texas, but is that the term here? I don't know. A visitation. You know what I'm talking about. The family gathers and there's the remains. I've heard recently, I heard some ladies standing in a Casket, and I heard one of them say, isn't she so beautiful? She's just lovely. And the answer is, not really. No dead body is lovely. It's not. Let's just be honest. No one really looks good when death takes the good looks out of their body. And it's not even them anyway. They are gone, but their house remains here. And children, listen to me. Let me just remind you, if you hear friends um, or neighborhood kids or wherever, people who've died don't have ghosts. There's no communication with the dead. And... People's spirits don't float around and come back. It's that's only demonic. And it's amazing increasingly how much our society at large just believes that, has bought the big lie. But people there is no communication. Demonic spirits counterfeit that to draw people in, but the reality is when the physical body dies there participation physically and in any other way with this world ends. Now let's think of what the scripture calls death. Moses in Psalm 90 called it a flying away. Now he didn't write the song I'll fly away, O Glory. But Moses said it. He calls it a flying away. Yeah. We 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 fly away, Psalm 90 says um, so you know this the certainty of death But here's a reminder it's a bullet point. It's certain that you're going to die. A time to die. All go to one place, death, and all return to the dust. Hebrews 9 it's appointed unto man once to die. To God belong the issues of death. And I think it was one of the Puritans that said, Death takes no denials or bribes. It's certain. It's certain. You will die. On your own, it's not likely you'll die with your mate or your children. and if you go first, everybody else is going to keep living, they're going to cry some, they're going to miss you, but you're only going to be a memory here. It's all you'll be, It's a memory. How do I know that? Well, the Bible says, the name of the wicked will, rot, the name of the wicked will rot, but the memory of the righteous will be blessed. But still, yet down here, all those we love who've gone before us, they are now memories. That's what they are. God controls the certainty of the death of every person. The event, the how, the timing, the day, and the hour. And aren't you glad that He does? It's certain this issue of death... It means this physical man shuts down and we are gone from this world and our body's laid and it's certain that it's coming. But there's another thought about death. There's an aspect also that death is uncertain. What I mean is there's nothing more certain than death, but nothing more uncertain than the time. The rich man. Here's my plan. And I've already hired architects. I'm going to tear down my barns, build bigger ones. Man, it's going to be tremendous. I'm going to do this. That night, he dies, Jesus said. And he was a fool, presuming on life because death keeps no calendar. I've learned to improve on my scheduling, my calendar keeping, but death doesn't keep a calendar. We presume, often people do all the time, presume on a long life. How many people wake up on a beautiful morning, and don't know it's their last. Years ago, there was a man I knew that owned a a small um, airplane company, and they would fly mail around Texas and New Mexico. And so we could take flights with with the pilots at times. There wasn't a prohibition against so I was going to West Texas and this guy made a stop there every morning and he had flown to Albuquerque. So he was a wonderful, joyful guy, it was enjoyable to be with him. I was around him some and was on those flights. One time soon after I saw him last, I heard that he had flown into Albuquerque and there was a thick fog And he lost his bearings and he crashed into the mountains. And he was gone. He woke up that morning clueless. Clueless that it was his last day. Death sends out no memos. It doesn't tweet a warning. We don't know what a day will bring forth. So what's the answer? Fear or faith? Procrastination Or repentance. We should look upon death as an appointment we will keep, as an experience we will have, and look on this world as a thing we will soon part with. Because that's the reality. And if you feel uncomfortable and you don't emotionally like what I'm saying, I'm glad. I'm really glad. Because what bigger issue in life, apart from salvation in Jesus Christ, should we face and give time to? Now let's talk about the Christian and death. Those Someone said, I think it was John Bunyan perhaps, those who have welcomed Christ can welcome death. Because he has made the last enemy a friend. It's really, the cross has turned the the enemy of death, into a friend because death now becomes the door into paradise. It's not the end of our best life. It's the beginning of our best life. And death ushers us there. Death escorts the Christian into Christ's presence. The believer's death, the Bible even calls it precious. That's quoting God. Precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of His saints. Now when did you last hear someone say, when someone, a believer dies, when did you ever hear anybody say, man, that's precious? We don't use that language. Because we don't think like God. We don't see things like He sees them. It is precious. It's truly precious. And is the day of death really better than the day of our birth? Yes, because it's the end of all that's imperfect and temporal. It's even not only better than the day of our birth, it's better than our wedding day on earth. Because immediately we are with our great heavenly bridegroom, which is the reality of just the type and shadow of marriage here on earth, right? Second Timothy 2 says, Jesus Christ has abolished death and has brought life and immortality to light through the Gospel. This enemy has been abolished. A Christian's last day on earth is his best day ever because, as Bunyan again said, when death strikes the Christian down, he falls into heaven. And we ought to be reminded that through the Bible there's this recurring note that's an echo and starts in Genesis. And so Adam died. And Noah died. And David died. And Sarah died. And Abraham buried her in that cave. And Abraham died. And Moses died. And God buried him. So much for creation. Or cremation. The saints of old Throughout history, the Bible says they were buried. And the list goes on. Hebrews 11. These all died in faith. I love the picture of Jacob in Genesis 48. He says, Behold, I am dying. And when Jacob had finished speaking to his sons, he drew his feet up into, into bed and breathed his last. And Scripture says, By faith Jacob, when he was dying blessed his sons, and worshiped. We will have, we will have a dying act. It may be a quick reactionary act. It may be on, a, on our deathbed, fading slowly, thinking less clearly, acting in ways we wouldn't want to. It would be embarrassed if we knew we were doing it. But we will all have dying acts and dying thoughts in dying words, yeah. Jacob hit a home run. Dying, he worshipped and blessed his children. Paul says the last enemy to be destroyed is death. Revelation 21.4 And God shall wipe away every tear from their eyes and there will be no more death. He's not going to hand you a Kleenex through an angel the Bible says God will wipe away every tear from our eyes. Now, Simeon is a great example about death. Remember, he, in Luke, he wasn't a priest. The Bible says he was a man in Jerusalem. We do know he was a man of the Scriptures because he was awaiting for the consolation of Israel. He was waiting on Messiah. This was real to him. He was a man of the Holy Spirit. And in Luke two, twenty seven through twenty nine, he comes in the temple by the Spirit. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he wouldn't what? Die until he saw Messiah. So he comes in the temple, and then who's there? Joseph and Mary and the Lord Jesus. And he sees him, and what does he do? He takes him up in his arms. What does he say? Lord, I can die now. I can die now. I can die now. Can you say that? I'm contented to die now. I can die now. Some of us can't. Those of you who aren't Christians, you can't say, I can die now. You, If you die now without Christ, you can't say it. Some of us as believers possibly can't say, with contentment, with no regrets that we've got to deal with still, no fences to mend, no relationships to take care of. Some of us can't say, with Simeon, I can die now. Lord, let your servant depart in peace. O oh, death, where is your sting? It's gone. O oh, grave, where is your victory? It's gone. Thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. There need be no fear of death for the Christian, but some of us have it. I still struggle with it. You know, not the fear of death, probably it's the fear of dying. <laughs> I mean death's gonna be glorious. No no soul sleep, no limbo. But it's the dying that gets us sometimes. But praise God, we don't know how and when. We can entrust ourselves to our faithful Creator. I like John Z. Payton. when his when his old elder tried to talk him out of going to the uh, South Sea Islands, and the elder said, "Well, you know, you'll get eaten by cannibals like Williams and them are And Peyton said, well, Mr. Dixon, you're old now. Soon your body's going to be eaten by the worms. So whether it's cannibals or worms, I don't care. Because we'll both rise just as fair in the resurrection. I mean, Peyton, his perspective is right that he wasn't afraid to die. And uh, we shouldn't be either. Now, how do we get there? How do we move from where we are to where we ought to be? Mentally, psychologically, emotionally? Well, we prepare. Think of a long journey. Now, you know, any long trip, whether it's to Arizona or Europe or Hawaii or anywhere, what happens? There's some conscious, intentional, detailed preparation. Well, that's what I'm talking about. Is it not a dangerous thing living even one hour in a condition we would not want to die in. Deuteronomy 31, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold the day's approach when you must die. Now we ought to have that as a memory verse and remind ourselves, preach it to ourselves. Behold the day's approach that you must die. Self, behold the day's approach that you must die. How do we prepare? Number one, we view it rightly. We view this situation rightly. Face it. Think much about it. Prepare our hearts. Talk about dying. Talk about it with your wife and your husband. Read about it in the Bible. Remind yourself, I too am going the way of all the earth. Plan your funeral service. What do you want read? What do you want sung? Who do you want to speak? Because if we don't intentionally give our thoughts and prayers to this, we will struggle in the future with the death of others much more than we have to. Lloyd-Jones said a real part of the Christian's life should be preparing for heaven. Why? Because what is your life? It's a vapor. It's a vapor. We are a flower quickly fading. We're a wave in the ocean. We're a vapor in the wind. We must prepare... Intentionally, progressively, and get ready for that day when God will say to us, Behold, the day is here that you must die. It's never too soon to become intimate with this enemy turned friend of death. The readiness which Christ requires of us is a personal readiness to leave this world and be with Christ. Like Simeon. To be able to say truly and sincerely I can die now. We can die without fear and ignore its threats. I like that sovereign grace song. It is not death to die. To leave this weary road and join the saints who dwell on high. Who found their home with God. It is not death to close the eyes long dimmed with tears and waken joy before the throne delivered from my fears. It is not death to die to fling aside this earthly dust and rise with strong and noble wings to live among the just. It is not death to hear the key unlock the door that sets us free from mortal years to praise You evermore. For the Christian, it's not death to die. Because Jesus said, whoever believes in Me will live forever. Shall not die, but will live forever. You ready for that? On Conrad Murrell's father's headstone, Alvin Murrell, are the words, forever with the Lord. One of the first times I heard Conrad preach... He was talking about something. And he he shared that. And he said it with such joy and assurance and authority, uh, I could never forget it. With his smile, forever with the Lord. And now he is forever with the Lord. Beloved, soon, if you... Love the Lord and know the Lord. Soon you will forever be with the Lord. And we will miss you if we're still here. But you won't miss here. Because Paul said to die is what? Gain. And he said it's far better. May God help us to believe that. More and more. Let's pray. Father, we're thankful that Your Word reminds us of this. So, do Your work in our hearts that what You have said to us in Your Word and what You're saying to us all the time providentially when someone dies or we drive by a seminary a cemetery, and and we see those headstones, they are preaching to us. They're calling to us. Ours, the cross, the grave, the skies. So Lord, make this real to us and change us for the better, for the future, we pray. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen.